Good day, nerds, and welcome to episode 218 of the Nerd Cantina Show. I'm your host, Ken, joined by my co-host, Steve, and we're going to recap a little bit of nerd news. Beginning in entertainment, we'll discuss a little more on Top Gun Maverick, the Morbius re-release, and some upcoming shows to Netflix. And then we'll jump over into tech. We've got a little bit of crypto and NFT news, Elon Musk hitting some headlines, and then some space news. A lot to get to. Let's get started. Calling back all nerds. Nerds! All right. Episode 218. And uh, last week we had a huge entertainment section. We talked about Obi-Wan. We talked about The Boys, Top Gun Maverick. I think this week would be the, all of the same nerd entertainment stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got my Jurassic Park ticket, so like, okay, that's, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> as a Jurassic Park kid, like, I'm really looking forward to this one. Like, especially I, this this one. Yeah, yeah. I remember, man. I remember going to the theater with Dad back in the day and walking in that fucking theater and, and seeing dinosaurs for the first time on the big screen. It was like a huge moment for movies. If you were, if you were. Anywhere within like adolescent range back then. Yeah, and I don't know, like this is one you know I say like expectation management is the key to happiness. If you come in expecting too much of something, you're you're down, you're you're set up to be let down. But like I actually do have high expectations that like this one's going to cap off the Jurassic series with a a decent bit of nostalgia, but it can just build it and keep it going. It should. I, I, like I I I think this one's going to bring in kind of the new cast of the Jurassic series and throw some of the old people the 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 spotlight a little bit and round this thing out. But yeah, I do like what they're doing, and we'll we'll see how they pull it off. Like it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, so I do intend on going to see that this weekend. All right, all so right. We'll, we'll, yeah, let's see. I'm, I'm traveling for for work, so let's see if uh, if I make it back in time in order to see it before the the next work week. But. Yeah, we can just throw it to some headlines and some uh, some news that that came out this week. And really, the first article is just centers around uh, around Top Gun Maverick and uh, and some of the the interesting things that have come out since its kind of massive success. It had a huge second week. Uh, now I think it's topped over five hundred fifty million dollars domestically, uh, or no, it globally uh, five hundred fifty million dollars globally. Uh, but one of the interesting things is this five hundred fifty million dollars minus China. Yeah, uh, which the first article we have is is an article about how uh, Chinese investors pulled out of of Maverick, and when it talks about Chinese investors, it's specifically talking about the company Tencent, which like has their hands in everything, right? It, it really started off as like a Chinese gaming company, yep. but now they're a multimedia company, entertainment company. They, like it is, it is China's fingers into anything entertainment uh, internationally, and uh, yeah, Tencent has not is not mentioned in the credits and uh initially there was concerns about the impact china was going to have on the top gun movie the first trailers came out uh you know back in like 2019 2020 uh where the jacket top guns maverick jacket the back of it his father's patches uh were modified to where the the japanese and taiwan flag patch they removed the Taiwan flag from it in the trailers. And there was a lot of speculation on like, okay, China's got their hands in this. It was public that Tencent was investing in it at the time. Uh, but the movie came out, Taiwan flag still on that bomber jacket, and Tencent is not mentioned anywhere in the credits. So the assumption is, is Tencent balked and who, you know, Paramount didn't play games here on, uh, on Maverick. Well, so I listened to a podcast, uh, Breaking Points, and for those that want to go to their YouTube channel, you can listen to uh, the Sagar's take on this. He did like a good op-ed piece on this yesterday where it was highlighting the fact that, you know, everybody from the NBA to movies is all all after the China money and they, they tow the China line and they bow down and John Cena speaking fucking Mandarin and shit. <laughs> when you have something like this where they, they pulled out of funding, so we didn't need their money. And then the movie is, you know, two weeks in already highly profitable for, for the, for the, for the studio is the number one movie is making good money. Like, why are we fucking bowing to China when, when we don't need them? Like, and he made other points too is they took Spider-Man out of China because of the Statue of Liberty. They wouldn't allow China to see Spider-Man. That movie made almost two billion fucking dollars. You know, they they took um, 
Doctor Strange out of China. Uh, I can't remember exactly exactly what reason uh, they said, but that movie did almost a billion fucking dollars. You know, so when you put a good product out there, you can make a shit ton of money without China. Why are we bowing to this this country? Because eventually, if we do this long enough, the Chinese people will be like, "Hey, man, tired of watching." bootlegs and and fucking you know like all these these shitty chinese renditions of their fucking movies if they want to be in the american market why don't we hold the upper hand and say look if if you want our movies then you're just gonna have to come to terms with uh, american culture yeah i mean that's the 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 problem though is the people who want the movies aren't the people who set policy uh, in, this in is that true, country, but right? They don't they don't vote their people in. They don't like they're, they're they don't have control. So the people who want the movies, uh, who the movies are stripped from, like they're not setting the policies that are going to ban the movies from from showing. But I do think like we are at such a culturally separated uh, kind of concept between. China's culture and U.S. culture that I, I do think like the separation is just going to further. We started to see this with like, even Disney starting to to not as aggressively cater to uh, to to China with like Eternals and still having a same sex uh, couple that they didn't edit out, which was a big deal in in China. They uh, you know there there's like we're going to continue to see same sex couples in every movie from this point on, right? Like th- that's just that's going to be the norm that Hollywood is going to going to make sure that they uh they have and include china's not going to allow any of that like they don't want to see any of it uh and i think like the, the ideals of hollywood are so far removed from china that it's going to be more difficult and hopefully yeah more success like this just kind of furthers that like yeah we don't necessarily need you maybe maybe we can make an extra 200 million if we go into to china but but without I mean, it will be okay it 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 gives it, it gives a a, a sign that to, to the movie execs that they should have some backbone. Like you, you should be able to stand on your principles and have some integrity and not just bend over backwards for the almighty dollar to this horribly ran country. <laughs> like, it, yeah, but not not every movie is going to make no five hundred and fifty million dollars in the first two weeks. Where you know maybe they made maybe they would have made seven hundred eight hundred in the first two weeks had China market been a part of it and but but this like, this but that's, is a that's big sign money. yeah this is a big sign though because they bent over backwards to make this as like there there is no general there it's a general enemy they didn't get specific on the enemy they did say their enemy you know had great technology so even if you inferred that it's china like iran it's like no iran doesn't have gen 5 fighters like there's only a couple countries in the world that have gen 5 gen 5 aircraft it's not iran it's not it's not north korea you know, so so if you inferred if you inferred that it was china then we did give them like you know that they are a formidable enemy and and you know like it's it's they did so many things right to just make this a a cookie cutter sequel that you know anybody can enjoy like it, it just for them to come out and say it, it's too pro american it's like well it's it's fucking top gun man yeah like, like, you you invested in the sequel of top gun one of the like the most classic examples of like military propaganda in big blockbuster movies Bro, top gun one is responsible for every air force pilot from like 86 to 94 Not air force it's navy right yeah. like, this is- well i'm just saying like every any kid that wanted to be a pilot anybody that became a pilot between like 86 and 96 top yeah. gun was a major influence in that decision i'm just saying think of all those foolish people in the 80s who joined the navy because they <laughs> saw top gun that would just sat around just scrubbing the the brass on a ship somewhere like <laughs> <laughs> i'll leave it to you to shit on the navy <laughs> But I just like yeah. If if this movie isn't good enough, you know, if we didn't if we didn't do enough in this movie to to allow China to show it, it's it, at some point like everybody's gotta be like, well, fuck them then, man. Like fuck them. Who cares? You know, it, I I get that money is money, and we live in a capitalist society. But I mean, can you imagine if they would have like did everything to to a oh yeah <laughs> audience. 
critics and and whatnot. Because, like, honest to God, I might go see this movie again. Like, just just because I want to see it in the IMAX or Dolby one last time before yeah. before it leaves theaters because it was that that cool of an experience. And I know people who haven't seen it yet, so I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'll go, bro. Like, I'll go again. Like, you know. So like, if if you're gonna lose that kind of American following to to make a couple hundred million more in China, like, and and have to to look like a like. I mean, basically a cuck. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I got conspiracy side of it is, right, it was reported that Tencent originally was agreed to to provide $170 million uh, to to help finance this movie, right? And that's got to be a significant chunk of the financial capital. Like, movies, a movie like this, yeah, maybe it costs... 300 million or whatever else but like this is more than probably half of the total cost uh of the movie do you think that like 10 cent does this to put the pressure on like an Amer- pro-american movie and they like this was their attempt to one they can make their money back it's it's a pretty sound investment but it's also like a specific investment to impact like american military culture and mil- military 100 percent propaganda i think yeah. their only their only motive to bring in these movies is to start influencing their culture into ours yeah they were also going like, to set to make decent money on this movie too but <laughs> well that, that i think that's a like that's a side bonus for for china you know like but for for the the major point of it they want to be able to influence our country more towards their ideals and and towards them so that you know they have the upper hand like it's 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 pretty apparent if you ask me, like yeah. we, the whole I NBA, so the whole NBA shit, you know, was just really kind of like oh, yeah. left a real bad taste in every American's mouth. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and, only the people who cared about the NBA. But yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I don't watch the NBA, but I give a fuck that an entire sports league is is bowing down to to China. You know, you got. Like, like just the way they did it. And to hear John Cena speak Mandarin is just like absurd. It's just absurd. It's absurd, but I, every time I see it, I'm just impressed that Meathead oh, you his have ability to, you to have do it. You have to be. 100%. It made me disappointed in him, but at the same point, like really impressed. It's like one of the <laughs> hardest languages on the fucking planet. And like, dude. You would think and, he was yeah. born on the floor of a fucking wet, oh, yeah. a, like, a wet market. Like, <laughs> no, hundred yeah, percent. He he didn't sound like like an American struggling to like convey a message. Like, no, no he no. was native. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. So, I, I like it, right. it. Felt like you order something from a restaurant for you. Like he's the dude that everybody at the restaurant when the, they give you the menu and it's just numbers and Chinese symbols. You're like John. <laughs> What's going on here? Order, order for everybody. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's get off of that topic. One last Maverick thing that's just interesting. Uh, information came out about how they put out the the Val Kilmer scene. Uh, and that's him not a spoiler anymore, right? It's not. It's not a spoiler. I don't care if it's. I mean, everybody knows that Val Kilmer's in the movie. Did they though? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty well publicized beforehand. I knew he was going to be in the movie. No, they showed pictures. I wasn't sure he was going to be in the movie when I went in. They showed his I didn't picture. Know how like they I were knew, include him. I knew they're going to include his character, but I wasn't sure if a physical Val Kilmer was going to be in the movie. I, I didn't know if it was going to be a deep fake. I didn't know what it was going to be. And honestly, I think that they did it in the most tasteful way possible. Oh, it was great. Like, it was portraying him great. as he is today. Let him. Let him like. Bro, I went like, to the theater wearing my being, my Iceman yeah, shirt. Yeah, I, know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking I um, went to the theater wearing my Iceman shirt. But yeah, here's a, here's a spoiler. Valcomer's in it, and he he uh, <laughs> he he speaks briefly in it. Um, and if you don't know the story of Val Kilmer and, and kind of the great turn Hulu, that he Hulu had, documentary on it, like yeah, great documentary. And, and you know, he had uh, throat cancer and had to have a difficult throat cancer treatment in 2014 and lost the ability to speak. Um, so he, he communicates through a tablet or through, uh, through typing. Uh, and in the movie, they, they let him speak that way. Uh, and they also allow him to, to have some dialogue, which isn't his. Uh, and I was really curious on how that played out. Like I was, like I was legitimately concerned, like wondering 
how that worked out. And there's articles and stuff that, that capture how he did it. And, uh, and it really happened through this company called Synastic, uh, which is a company that tries to, to use AI technology to, to get audio mapping, uh, of uh, you know, various recordings and things of people's previous speech, uh, to have like very realistic, real life, uh, AI generated speech in the person's voice. Uh, so it's essentially like a, a deep fake concept, uh, controlled by the person. They can type things out and, uh, and it can speak it. And man, it, it's, it was good. It was, it was good. It was accurate. It was it, like, it allowed him to like legitimately act through typing this, uh, or through speaking through this AI, uh, software. Uh, and, it's just it's just a cool use of kind of they don't call it deep fake voice but it's really the same kind of technology uh ai automated learning uh of mapping somebody's voice and somebody's capabilities yeah no i'm i'm really glad that they they pulled it off and and they did they did it this way because you almost even can't tell that it was remastered if like i saw the documentary and it did sound better than when val talked in the documentary but it didn't sound different you know, like it, it still had the, yeah. still had the effect that you could tell this man's been through some stuff. It's, it's like, it, I think it paid real respect to, to his condition and what he's going through. Cause I don't think you wanted to take away from that out of respect for, for Val and, and what his life is like now. So I, I, I'm glad that they at least reflected that. Um, but they also did it in a way that for the movie's sake was clear you know, um, understandable. You didn't want people to, to miss that scene. Cause it was a very touching scene. Yeah. You know? So I, I mean, this movie was damn near perfect. Like I, yeah. I don't know if you walked out wanting more, I don't know what the fuck else <laughs> you wanted. When we did read this article, my first thought was, is that whoever runs this company, they better be following around James Earl Jones because we're going to need a Darth Vader voice for for <laughs> generations to come. And, you don't need to follow around. There's, and he, there's and he's aging. He's aging out. <laughs> so just just get those last few syllables that you need to to complete the fucking set now. <laughs> I, I mean, there's plenty of James Earl Jones voices. Honestly, one of the benefits of us doing episode 218 of this damn show here is oh i'm a living vr forever happens, yeah if something <laughs> terrible happens to me like whatever hit the, <laughs> hit these shows in the in the ai system there my whatever but i'll be talking to my kids forever <laughs> oh for sure my my old ass will be talking to my great 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 grandchildren and they're just gonna be like man he used Creepy to swear a lot who cares yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right let's move on we got a little more entertainment we've got so Morbius flops again back in the theaters, and <laughs> what did they? Expect? The biggest, the biggest thing that I find of interest is that I didn't find out about this until after it flopped, and it's like there's very few people in this world that are doing less like nerd article research, <laughs> but like the fact that it didn't even pop in my feeds of anything that it was going back to the theaters ahead of time means that like this was this was doomed to fail in well, the first they, place. Like who they was asking for this? put it back in theaters over like a meme campaign, but it was a meme campaign that wasn't big enough was that, for even me say, to wasn't notice. That big of a that, 100%, that's what I'm saying. Like if it didn't even hit our realm of notice when this like this is what we do is talk about meme <laughs> shit in the nerd world and like, it didn't even hit our face it didn't it didn't even hit family level memes you know it didn't it yeah. didn't hit like any of those the it's morbid time like they even got jared leto to do like a a it's morbid time like tiktok video that they put on instagram and tiktok and stuff like and the fact that they re-release it, I mean, I mean, it only made what was it like eighty grand for the weekend? Eighty-eighty-five thousand dollars on uh, on yeah the Friday that they re-released it. But what I just want to say is, for those of you who spent your seven bucks or twelve bucks or fifteen <laughs> bucks to make up the eighty-five thousand dollars, like that's still a decent amount of people, and it just must be nice to have money to throw away. <laughs> Like it just, economy. just must in be nice economy. to have, to live that life that you can just burn your money me, away like this. Tell me you're rich without telling me you're rich. I saw it's Morbius on the re-release. <laughs> it's Morbin time. That's that's how we know. I I I just can't believe like. 
That's that's just how like out of touch corporations are with like the actual world. You know, they're like, oh guys, guys, look at look at there's there's a there's a Morbius meme. People must really love us. Like, like no, no, like the the difference between laughing with you and laughing at you is is like (laughs) way 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 over their fucking head. (laughs) Yeah, well. All right, let's let's keep moving along. And uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's hard to not talk about this in entertainment. We normally don't do like the the personal studies, but Captain Jack gets away again. (laughs) 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 Johnny Depp, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard like train wreck that was just amazing. Like if you cared about like celebrity gossip, celebrity nonsense, like. This was gold. Uh, and Johnny Depp walks away from it with a judgment for $10 million owed to him by Amber Heard, uh, for, for defamation. Uh, I don't know if he, like, I know he asked for more than that. I think the, the total, like, suit was for 50 million or whatever else, but like, he's got to feel pretty good. He's got to feel pretty oh, yeah. vindicated. He just wanted to clear <laughs> his name. He just wanted to clear his name, yeah. in which I think he totally achieved and, and good for yeah, him. And there had to be a big dollar amount to clear the name, right? To, yeah. to come away. With a clear victory uh, on it, like he did, I saw, and he like, I saw immediately celebrated. Zier, I saw some Gen Zer like compare this to like you know this is our OJ trial, and I was just like, mm, no, like mm, like y- y- you weren't around for the OJ trial, like you don't understand how big that was. Like I get it, everybody loves this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, but it's more of like entertainment like it you know people watched yeah. it it made for good memes it made for some good commentary but for those of you that weren't around for the oj trial you really have no clue how big that fucking yeah. thing was like <laughs> like we rolled out an old tube tv into my junior high gymnasium <laughs> plugged it in <laughs> So, so our gym teacher can watch it live while we had gym PE class or gym class. Like good old Coach Kroll rolling out the tube TV in the middle of the gymnasium so we could watch the verdict happen in in PE class in like seventh grade or whatever. However old I was, that's <laughs> like, fucked up. It was that big. So it was up. that big. <laughs> you know, but like I, it, it did make for some some great just like lulls man the the my dog stepped on a bee shit still has me rolling like it just just the all the parodies of it the you know his reactions to stuff the the lawyers like it was just so surreal that this is like literally a witness farted on the stand i don't know if you saw that that's wild (laughs) (laughs) like 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 you can't write this in a sitcom no, and have it no. be funnier. Then some chick literally went on the stand, farted, and just immediately went, that was me, and then continued <laughs> with her testimony. What <laughs> shit happened? It's I like mean, Mike yeah. Judge wrote this. You know what I mean? Like the, the creator of Idiocracy uh, wrote this fucking trial. In I, it. I just I can't wait for when this shows up on peacock or hulu oh or yeah whoever. they, gonna they be the did, first they one did to the produce fucking it. tiger king mini series <laughs> yeah, yeah. like 100%. like we didn't get enough information from the documentaries like they had to do a tv series about it like yeah this one this one's already in the works <laughs> i mean i'm just glad it's over i hope johnny gets like i want to see him in a movie now like just put him back yeah, in the fucking too. movies like give yeah. me something let him, you know. let him do his it's shitty that two two of his most crap. iconic characters aren't going to to exist anymore. But I mean, whatever. Give me give that man a scissors hand script or some shit. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Um, you don't watch anime, yeah, oh, but I'm excited for I, this. I was gonna say, yeah, that, yeah, that last piece. I was trying to move on to auto entertainment. I forgot about this last one, but yeah, One Piece uh, live action Netflix series. Did you watch the video? I watched some of the video. I've been looking at some of the screenshots of the the main characters who they, you know, it took me a long time to get warmed up to One Piece because I jumped in when they were still like an episode, like 700 and something. And it took me to get current in there on like episode 1020. The fact that this series like is that long is crazy. But 
I will have to say, once you really get rolling into it, <laughs> it is. Say, once you get up to episode really nine hundred and four, fu- like it hits its no, stride. <laughs> no, honest to God, though, honest to God, you got to make it through like two fifty. Oh God! You got you, you to make it through two fifty. <laughs> it's not that the ones pre two fifty are bad or anything, but it really gets into some like heavy shit after two fifty. So from from one to two fifty took me like three years, <laughs> and then oh, yeah, I'm out. And then like two fifty, two fifty to a thousand was like a solid year. Like because I just couldn't, I couldn't stop once it get got to a couple storylines that were just fucking epic. And now you're you're really into the characters. It, yeah, it's so I'm 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 looking forward to see how they do the live action series. A lot of these anime live action series have been hit or miss, and this is like. Haven't they all been misses? Which one's a hit? Well, I mean, it, I didn't really enjoy any of them, but a lot of people in Japan did. Oh, really? I was going to say, which one's a hit? Like, I, I found Cowboy Bebop entertaining, but it got canceled, right? Yeah. It, it, the, well, so I, so those are like, a, the, like the Death Note series for Netflix and the Cowboy Bebop that was like, you know, American-made anime stuff like more made on the american side there have been bleach and um full metal alchemist has got one coming out that are more made in japan on the japanese side and some of those have had pretty decent success in japan the american side not so much you know i didn't mind death note like i i really didn't mind it it wasn't like great but it didn't piss me off anime fans i think are are just as hard to please as star wars fans though like they, they oh yeah for because because sure. they're part of this like it's the art like, style of anime is part of like the thing like so you take that away and it's and, like i don't yeah i don't know if you're gonna live action many of them and they're gonna come away from it satisfied well anime watchers are like the back alley kids you know what i mean like like everybody you know you got your sports kids you got you know the reality show kids you got tiktokers you got and then you got the group of kids that watch anime and they're like one step above the goth kids like, <laughs> so so they're a very tight-knit group very defensive of their culture and their their art that they love and you know so i i'm pretty sure like that plays a lot into how hard they are to please and because they yeah like like even if you're like a normal dude like and you watch anime you usually don't admit it to people you know like (laughs) like like you 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 laugh at a anime meme and they're just like how'd you get that you're like oh i don't I don't know. Uh, like, <laughs> I just thought the picture was funny. Like they're like, how do you, how how do you understand that that joke? And oh oh, like it, it's it's a very kind of like subset of of nerd culture, but it's huge, yeah. man. Well, yeah, and this one at least I think they're up front putting in the work to to at least do it interesting with massive sets, like building full on ships and towns and and massive pools of water and stuff like that for for these sets. Uh, so. You know our cousin Whatever, is uh, they, a big anime TikToker, right? Uh, no. Ray's daughter, Tori. Really? Yeah, she's got no, like she does. She's done a few like anime. She watches all tons of anime. I gave her some of my anime art that I got from the con, and she showed me her TikTok, and she's got like hundreds of thousands of views on some of her anime videos. <laughs> Yeah. She's an old, you know, former child model. She's a you know beautiful young girl and she watches anime. So if you're part of that, like, okay. Yep. She's <laughs> she's TikTok famous. <laughs> All right. Well, we can move along from uh I don't know, entertainment shows. You want to talk about uh a little bit of your thoughts on kind of some of the things that came out of the Sony PlayStation event, the state of play event? Yeah, they make games. They make games. <laughs> a couple of them are interesting. Some Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy stuff. Yeah, the Resident Street. Evil VR looks looks pretty interesting. Um, they got a cat game. Like, fuck it, you're just a stray cat. Yeah. Which which goes right in line with a lot of these games. Like, I played that Untitled Goose game. I'm not gonna lie, it's stupid as shit, but I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. <laughs> you're, just, you're just a fucking goose walking around being like the biggest asshole goose you've ever seen in your entire life. And it's like you get five objectives per per level and it's like steal the old man's rake without him knowing you know and you just fucking like it's such a <laughs> such a weird game i didn't even know this was but, a thing but i couldn't fucking stop playing it like yeah it's 
untitled, and it's literally the name of the game is Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> like, like, all right. So yeah, we have a stray cat game where you get to live a life as a stray cat. I, I, I mean. I didn't see anything like too crazy. No, no big God of War news. You know, some some remastered Spider-Man stuff for PC. Uh, if you care, we got it in show notes. Click the link, read an article, watch a YouTube video. If 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 this is the story that interests you on our show, you probably already know more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move out of entertainment. Then let's talk uh, some tech. Start my. My favorite world and NFTs and crypto. Uh, we've got some interesting uh, kind of legal filings this week on a, a former employee of OpenSea, uh, you know, the, the major NFT marketplace, uh, getting charged with insider trading. And this is like the first example of of this kind of filing in NFTs. And it was an employee yeah, of this. OpenSea who, like, a part of his job was recommending different NFT projects would get featured on the homepage of the OpenSea page. And there was just evidence of him purchasing uh, these NFTs prior to them being featured on OpenSea. Generally, their prices would all pump as they get that spotlight on the front page. And then he sold some for profit on the back end of that. Uh, it's not like he made some significant amount of profit. So they're talking about like this this charge comes with like a maximum sentence of like 20 years in prison. The guy made like 30 grand, right? So this isn't some like major insider trading theft. And to, to hear the person talk about it, like he just says that like, no, he, he bought these NFTs because he liked the NFTs. And it's such a closed NFT world that like when he's talking to his boss about recommending projects to highlight, he recommends the ones that he likes, which happens to be the ones he bought. And that's his like argument that he never did it with the intent knowing that they're going to be featured. It was more of an after the fact thing. Thing that hey, I just bought this. This is a really cool project. This is what they're doing, and then his bosses would feature it on the homepage. I don't necessarily believe that because there's a lot of like yeah, weird I mean, stuff that he did with yeah. the money, as far as like buying them in like individual wallets that only did that one NFT purchase and sold it immediately after it was. For, it's not <laughs> a bad argument though. It's not a bad argument because like no, no. When I, when his, I, lawyer, when I, his lawyer set him up well for this. Yeah, when, right? I, when I read that argument, I started thinking like so. So do like the Fox business guys, are they not allowed to buy stocks? Because, you know, the, the fucking idiot that hits the horn and the button and the bulls and yeah. all that. I can't remember what his name is. Jim Cramer. But like, yeah, Jim Cramer. So if Jim Cramer's telling you to, to dump a stock or to buy it and he owns it, is he insider trading? Like, is he not allowed to trade I don't remember. because I think there of is his SC, job SC title against it? <laughs> I yeah, do I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that don't the, the law that much. And it it seems like if it's fair for them to still have investments, then what's the difference with this guy? You know, so I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Most likely, ninety percent, he was just doing some shady shit and fuck this dude. You know, like I'm not, I'm not I don't feel sorry for him, no matter how yeah. little of money he fucking made or not. I you definitely know? don't want to see this guy go to jail for twenty years or even close to the max no. sentence for thirty. But he grand should do he should do else. a Martha Stewart stint. Like, <laughs> like he should he should do a Martha Stewart stint. You know, I, if, if yeah. we put if we put Grandma Stewart in the fucking in the pokey, like he he could definitely do some time. You know, but but, but I I, I, want, I'm good I can't with this. I can't believe like one that NFTs qualify as an asset like this to be insider traded. You know, because like. So Where's this is the why line I, I, I'm interested in this. This is why I'm really interested in this case, and so is most of the NFT world, is because this is going to set some kind of precedent on insider trading and stuff like that. And then maybe they start looking at other things, like the week prior to Yuga Labs buy or yeah, Yuga Labs buying Larva Labs, which was the owner of CryptoPunks and MeBits and stuff. We talked about this you know months ago when it happened. Um, the weeks before that, like MeBits out of nowhere, the MeBits price flew and, and the floor price skyrocketed people were spending and millions of dollars flew into that project and nobody knew why until the announcement like there was 100% insider trading in there like not not insider trading at somebody at OpenSea highlighting a project and then that project happened to, to go up in value no i'm talking about like people who were intimately involved in part of those teams who were who had insider information on that deal getting structured and about to close, those people told their friends who spent millions of dollars on MeBits and watched that price skyrocket. Yeah. Like that, that's like, like you're going to go after this guy. All right. 
go pull back some of the layers on like those cases that happened in where like well, there are like real dollars moving. There's such such a you know with with anonymous wallets and things like that, you get into some murky water on on those kinds of things. But this this story is a sign of bringing some legitimacy to the DeFi world, right? Like at least we're we're starting yeah, to pull even, back from a little bit of the wild west type shit that goes on in the DeFi world. Yeah, and not even the DeFi. This is just the DeGen world of NFTs, and that's what's going to be weird. It's like this is this is a space that's like loves themselves to be DeGens that just throw money into random things off of random rumors and stuff like that. So you know, let's let's see where this goes. I, I do think punish people who are in these massive companies that have access to certain information and don't let them get away with it. I'm just curious on where they're going to go, like I said, uh, with the companies that clearly pump their values at certain times that you can you can absolutely see there are tons of examples of just before major press releases or maybe major moves from these bigger projects that their price immediately starts to to fly and people scooping up the supply before the big announcements. And like that's real insider trading, but it's almost going to be impossible to root that stuff out. And I'm curious on how they're going to approach that because if they win this case, you almost have to go look at those other ones. Yeah, for sure. And if I was this dude, I'd be, yeah, I'd be ratting everybody out and be like, hey, what about this guy? <laughs> you worry about me? What about this guy? Yeah, but I, I do like the fact that somebody was at least paying attention to this shit. Because if not, then it just, it, it leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth because it's it's very then selective on who the winners and who the losers are in this world. Yep. Well, let's move on to a little more NFT news. And, and this is just simply that uh, Snoop Dogg announced that he is partnered with uh, a, an, an NFT project uh, called Food Fight Universe. And this is following that the, the Board Burgers restaurant that we talked about a little while ago uh, where they 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 made an entire restaurant around board, the board ape yacht club uh theme and snoop dogg's a board ape yacht club holder uh and he's partnered with this food fight universe nft project uh which is just trying to further like nft membership into restaurants and a- nft like licensing using ip and stuff like that from nfts uh and building these restaurants and snoop himself is going to try to do a, a board ape themed restaurant himself in partnership with that which Sure. sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I mean, this is this is the world we live in. I mean, they, I love it. One, pop, one the, pops up. Food. One pops up within fifteen minutes of your house. You going to eat one? Yeah. <laughs> no? Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm in the the food fighters universe, like Discord and stuff like that, and I'm trying to. I'm, I'll admit myself a food fighters NFT. Oh, I'll admit myself a food fighters NFT if I can. <laughs> like, why wouldn't I? <laughs> Uh, yeah, do, is it is, is that what they they say when you have to go order a burger at the restaurant? Be like, I'd like to mint a double cheeseburger with with pickles, ketchup, mayo. I'd I would like love to, that. Uh, I would <laughs> love that. It's like the person at the drive-through yeah. when when you come in there, they give you the little. <laughs> what would you like to mint today, sir? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you when you leave the place, be like, oh, I I just burned two burgers and a fry over at the board ape fucking place. <laughs> oh, please don't! I hope that's how they do it. I hope that's how they do it. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. You know, it would make sense if you had to pay for everything in ETH, though. Like if you if you can't buy the burger in in, in Ethereum or or Solana or, or fucking Matic, then what are you doing, Snoop? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of spending ETH and uh, and Ethereum as a whole, so get out of NFTs and just talk uh, a little more crypto news. We've got Ethereum uh, founder Vitalik uh, Buterin. He made some statements this week, and I guess I got to throw it back to the other story, which is the state of New York banned. Uh, cryptocurrency mining. Uh, that was the initial headline that they banned all cryptocurrency mining uh, in New York State. Uh, once you dive into it, they didn't completely ban cryptocurrency mining. They only banned cryptocurrency mining that didn't have uh, use of sustainable energy. Uh, so if you were doing it off of some 
sustainable energy grid, solar, wind, or whatever else, uh, you you were able to continue mining in New York State. But this, you know, initially caused some ripples in the the crypto community. On you know, are more states going to to go after this ban? Trying to be energy conscious, right? It's it, you know, there's always a kind of stats that you see that like in order for Bitcoin to authorize one transaction on on the Bitcoin blockchain, it uses like one home's energy consumption for a full year or something like that. There's always like these stats. I don't know if they're ever validated. I don't know if people are just putting random shit together, but it does use a lot of energy. Like that's that's a general consensus. And uh, in the end, like Vitalik Buterin comes out and just says like, it, it's stupid, a, a big ban on all proof of work mining. Uh, it, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Like why wouldn't you just do something like a carbon tax and... Just go after like money recapture and earn money for your state and allow and encourage actually people to come in here and just bring more money into your state through doing it uh, instead of this just blanket ban and all proof of work, which isn't just which isn't a bad policy uh, in the first place. Kind of makes sense. I mean, it does. But at the same time, like, bro, I've built houses that have five air conditioner units and these motherfuckers run that house at 72 degrees all year round. We're talking huge fucking houses that have like three people in it. So you want to talk about people being energy efficient and proper use of energy? We're really going to pick on the fucking <laughs> crypto world? Like seriously. I, like, I like, will say like, like the what, crypto mining, it does use a stupid amount of it energy. It does. It does. But so does that fucking house every goddamn fucking summer to keep three people cool in a 4,000 square foot, 5,000 square foot house. Like, like if we're going to regulate what people are allowed to use massive amounts of energy on, then okay, man, it's fair game for everybody, right? Like you don't pick on the crypto world. We start looking at who all the big energy fucking users are. And you can point the finger at every motherfucker in Beverly Hills, every motherfucker, you know, in, in fucking the Hamptons and all these fucking places that are, are that are running fucking five ton units like fucking crazy. Even when yeah, they leave we, the house, even when they leave the house, that house is going to be 72, 68, whatever the fucking, whatever, whatever they said it at. Like, so yeah. like, what are we really talking about here? Like, who are we? Why are we picking on this one community? Why? Because they're profiting from it because they're making money off of the energy. They're paying for it. It's just overhead. They're it's paying headline, for that energy. Right? It, it's a, it's a headline on, on the, the negative impact it's having and the carbon footprint it's having. And it, it does have a negative impact and they should be encouraged to use renewable resources uh, whenever available. Like, don't so should everybody right? else. Just, just, so just tax them else. hard enough to where they're going to go seek renewable resources uh, like they have in Texas and other places. Uh, to me, that that makes sense. Uh, in the end, like whatever, Bitcoin miners are going to move somewhere else. They're going to set up somewhere else uh, If and they're, they're going to be just fine just as when they got banned from China, when they got banned from other places, like whatever. Bitcoin is going to move I'm forward. I'm just saying, if we're going to monitor how much energy everybody's using and, and put taxes and regulation on what you use your energy for because nobody you know nobody's questioning anybody else on on what their energy uses are you know it's it's just the crypto nobody's going after you know johnny cold nuts over in fucking la (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of arguments against a lot of human behaviors and things that we do that are counter to, like, yeah, whatever. We're going to talk about carbon footprints and and conserving energy, but none of us want to be bothered to, like, close a freezer door in a grocery store so we have like literally open freezers you know, that just i'm not gonna lie i have two fridges and a deep freezer in my house and i, yeah, I ain't apologizing for it i don't Tax give a your fuck. Ass. i pay my pay my electric bill <laughs> i pay for it like, like if i if i you know i have an electric heater in the fucking winter like i'd be you know in my garage i'd be I'd be using energy. Like I have one of those, I have the, the, uh, a thing called a sense monitor on my electric panel. So it literally shows me how much energy every fucking appliance in my house uses. You hook it up to your electrical panel and I don't know how it fucking figures it out, but it, it, it scans all your breakers. It knows when my fucking dishwasher turns on. It knows when my fridges are running. <laughs> it knows, and it tells you to the scent. How much a year this thing is costing you to run tells you you like your your average usage for your neighborhood, other sense users, and I'm mm. up there, bro. 
I'm up there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. and, and not you know to, my <laughs> that'd be the worst thing for my cheap ass because I'd just be looking at everybody like not necessary. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> like, send you one gone. just so you terrorize your kids. <laughs> I'm gonna send you one. Like just like I'm cutting them kids a I'm, bill. <laughs> I, I you mean a basement shutting off breakers and during the day and shit? I oh yeah. That next, that's you know next Christmas gift. That's what you're getting. You're getting a sense monitor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's keep this uh, this tech train going here. Uh, l- I want to. I want a talk- Johnny Cold Nuts cartoon meme. I want so many. So many. <laughs> at this, so many. Fuck the nerd cantina. I want to see a picture of Johnny Cold Nuts drawn. Because <laughs> the one in my head is hilarious. <laughs> the one in my head right now is fucking hilarious. Uh, well, I don't know if we're going to get that. Um, but, but yeah, sure. Somebody wants to do that. Drop it in the, the Nerd Cantina group over there. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit of, uh, Elon news. First, we'll talk about Elon with the crypto. And apparently there's been like a feud going on on Twitter between the Dogecoin founder and Elon Musk, which is hilarious to me because like the Dogecoin founder. How does the Dogecoin founder not love Elon? Somebody to be t- I know. He's only like, somebody we're talking about because Dogecoin became wildly popular. Part of it being on the heels of Elon, like Elon wasn't the the starter of of the Dogecoin pumping, no, but it goes like, from two cents to fifty cents because of fucking Elon. But yeah, he had an influence for sure, and uh, <laughs> it, he made national attention for sure because of Elon. And, and it wasn't like one tweet; funny. he tweeted about Doge for a long time. Like he, yeah, you would think like. Yeah, this dude should love Elon. And the Dogecoin founder talked about he's called Elon Musk just a. a a grifter. A grifter. He, he's, who he's who a, uses yeah. that term still? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> he uh, he has stated that he clearly Elon Musk doesn't know as much about code as he says, based off of like a Twitter conversation with him he had with them years ago, and uh, and accuses Elon as not like not understanding a simple Python code script that uh, that he shared with Elon. Ooh, yeah, nerd I, burn. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> But like the guy's getting what he wants because one, we're talking about him, right? Everybody, people in the tech world are talking about him. Elon's replying to him, and Elon replied saying that his kids wrote better code when they were twelve than what the Dogecoin founder puts together. (laughs) (laughs) There's like this Twitter beef, nerd beef uh, between you know some Dogecoin founder that knows cares about and. Yeah, the the difference is, is one of them has billions of Dogecoin. The other one has billions of U.S. dollars, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is like some argument out of like the the series Halt and Catch Fire. You know, like this is just like a bunch of like nerds arguing about code. The fact that it's it's a major story and is like all over Twitter and stuff is just like shocking to me that that coding has now infected like pop culture like you have you have coders arguing about who writes better code on python like any like like you could have a room of 100 people maybe two people know what the fuck that is you know what i'm saying (laughs) like two fucking people know what the fuck that is and and it's you know well one it's a a story just because elon's involved and it's got the word dogecoin in it so so of course we got to be about that life double double meme yeah yeah (laughs) And then we can just move on with a little more Elon news. And uh, and Elon has put it out on Twitter, of course, about his Twitter merge deal, talking about how he's uh, he is filing that Twitter is in uh, you know material breach of their merger agreement because they still have not provided the information that he's wanted on how many how many bots and like sp- fake spam accounts exist on Twitter and. Without that information, he's saying he's not willing to to move forward on the deal. So he's filed a, like an official motion uh, against the parent company of Twitter uh, about this breach, uh, material breach of their obligations under this uh, this deal. So who looks like the bigger asshole here? Because everyone's thinking that Elon was never intending to buy Twitter, that he was going to look for some way out, you know. But this kind of is important information if you're going to spend above 50 billion dollars on a company like i don't think there's anything that elon does to come out of this looking like an asshole right like elon was always in the power position here twitter was forced into accepting this deal because of how good the deal was offered by elon but even if he never intended on buying it and he only used this as a ploy to like strong arm twitter into being more transparent and stuff like that 
He'll never come out looking like an asshole. He's going to come out looking like a hero, no matter what. Here, he's either going to buy Twitter, he's well, going to be the hero that's going to restore free speech, or he's going to let this deal fall apart. But he's going to, in some way, expose or like use it as a platform to talk about Twitter and their shady. Well, if you're on our side of that and opinion, concealing stuff from the shareholders and not having real accounts, uh, like no matter what, Elon but, wins. Yeah, but I mean that's that's for like us. There's. There's been a big smear campaign on Elon ever since he announced he wanted to buy Twitter. So not everybody feels the same way. Like it's, you know. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, maybe there's people who aren't in our world and <laughs> the, the, the tech world and the, the people that like tend to skew more towards the love of Elon Musk. Um, yeah, in the business world, I could see, I could absolutely see that them not liking this. Um, there's a bunch of asshats that just started shitting on Elon the second he said he was going to buy Twitter. The media backs it, and there's a big public opinion that he's the big bad rich guy now because of of what he wants to do with Twitter and his left or right of center views. You know, like like <laughs> so he he's been getting shit. So like how he comes out of this. I don't think is is set in stone. Like it's it's still a coin flip to me. Yeah, maybe. I, I I think I think public opinion, like mass public opinion, he's gonna come out just fine. I think there's going to be headlines and articles and tech, like business people and stuff that are are not going to to like his actions. But I think the people he cares about, the overall public opinion, I think he's he's gonna come out as as the hero either way. Yeah, we'll see. But I like I I I still side with him on this that. You know, they have to release this information. I like in, in any if this wasn't like a a controversial business deal, it was just behind closed doors and stuff like this. You would have to understand that, like, look, you you say you have this many users. We know some of them are fake and some of them are bots and blah blah blah. This you you say you have ways of tracking that and stopping that. Okay, well, what's your number? Uh, uh we'll get back to you on that. Yeah, <laughs> bullshit, motherfuckers. Because because. They, I, I, this has a lot to do with like Twitter stock too. You know, like if they release this information, Twitter stock could take a huge hit. So these these shareholders now are like, ah, fuck. You know, we wanted a bunch of monies from Elon, but in order to get a bunch of monies, we first got to lose a bunch of monies. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll see where it goes. We're not going to stop talking about this. this is going to be something that we're going to highlight here in the the show until it wraps up. Uh, I'm like I said, I, I think. I think it's all going to work out in Elon's favor. That, that's just my guess. Uh, I, and I've said from the beginning, I don't think he's actually going to buy Twitter. I, I never thought that this was going to be a deal that was ever going to go through. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but until we get more news, we'll move on with uh, our last couple topics here. And one thing that's kind of like one of the, the worst kept secrets as far as like Apple's product development is they've been for a while working on uh, VR, AR uh, headsets. It's it's something that, like they didn't do a lot of public uh, releases, but I've, we've been hearing about them getting into the VR and like committing serious uh, effort towards developing it. And it seems that uh, like as they're getting closer to uh, to having their Apple headsets available, looking at uh, 2023 as uh, their launch time frame, reports are coming out that they're hiring like major Hollywood directors like John Favreau uh, to create AR VR content uh, to go along with the, the launch of their headset. And I think if, if somebody's going to figure out how to make this to where it's not going to make you sick, it's going to be brilliantly designed and kind of push VR forward. You got to kind of cross your fingers that it's Apple that figures it out, right? <laughs> I mean, they got enough money to throw at it. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, like I'll give John Favreau a shot at anything he does. <laughs> like dudes just do just, shit's gold bars man like anything he touches is gold so i, I yeah, mean i haven't watched the the prehistoric planet on apple tv plus i've heard it's actually really cool like you know being like a fake documentary uh on what earth would look like if it had you know dinosaurs rolling it on it today apparently it's, I'm go- it's I'm like going stunning. to see that movie friday i'm going to see that movie <laughs> no i'm talking about prehistoric planets on apple tv but i know i'm talking about that's jurassic park i'm yeah. going to see that movie friday <laughs> but uh yeah that john favreau's like adapting prehistoric planet to this mixed reality uh ar vr headset like i 
I'd be all about that if I could walk around with this headset on looking at dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounds yeah, we'll phenomenal. Yeah, I, yeah, so hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll start to see more press releases come out uh, of Apple, uh, getting a better idea of, of what this VR AR headset's kind of looking like, its capabilities, uh, how it's going to tie into, you know, existing movie content, video games and stuff like that. But I do think it's, it's probably going to be a pretty, uh, massive innovation, uh, piece of innovation that they're going to come Honest up with. Honest to God, if all I get out of VR are more home videos of people punching kids in the head and people diving into their TVs, I'm all for it. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a time where I see one of those fucking videos where I don't almost piss myself laughing, man. <laughs> I've seen some dads deck the shit out of their three-year-olds playing boxing games and just... The amount of random idiots that are willing to jump off a VR cliff into a wall is amazing to me. It's amazing. Like, like, <laughs> they, like some people just put these things on and just get totally disconnected from all of reality. It's just, it's amazing to me to watch. Yeah. Well, uh, last story here, last section, talk a little bit of space. One quick kind of interesting story is this, uh, we, we, we talked about it back when it happened, which was quite a while ago, right? In 2020, uh, the, the Hayabusa, uh, was it space probe from, uh, from Japan, which captured samples off of, off an asteroid and brought it back to, to Earth. We're starting to get some information as far as what the, the soil samples are not soil, but, uh, rock samples coming off the asteroid. And, uh, and an interesting finding that was put out in a press release this week was that they found I'm trying to find the number, but uh, a significant amount, 20 different types of amino acids uh, detected in uh, in the samples that they brought back from that asteroid, which like that's this is the first time that any organic type compounds uh, have been found on any asteroids in space. Uh, you know, there's always this like big mystery on where like amino acids, the, the beginning of organic compounds even were introduced into Earth uh Maybe this gives a, a pretty plausible theory that it was delivered or the first amino acids were brought through an asteroid or, or something else. So uh, it just kind of it's cool to always see different firsts coming. Uh, you know, it kind of indicates J- Japan going and setting up this probe, getting some man, samples, and uh, here we go, delivering science. Neil says it all the time, man. We're all stardust. We're all made of stardust. <laughs> like, yeah. like this is just this is just confirming theories that we've always had. Is that you know the 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 building blocks of life were airdropped from, from from outer space right onto our fucking planet. And is that the name of the drive-through for the fucking burger place? The airdrop. <laughs> wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be. Did bad. I just come up with that? <laughs> it wouldn't be bad. <laughs> the last thing I'm going to say about this is if you don't have an appreciation for like science that that happens in space and these kind of things it's it's cool okay 20 amino acids were found but like the process and how they get to this this science is what is like truly fascinating you have to like appreciate the fact that like the hayabusa probe it left earth from japan in 2014 it took four years for it to to get a stable stationary position around this asteroid traveling over 3.2 billion kilometers in orbit with this asteroid to get the samples in 2018 and another two years to recover it back in 2020 and now to analyze these samples is like if you can't appreciate the amount of like planning <laughs> and effort that went into this and you don't find this fascinating i don't know what to say like you there there's no way for you to be happy in this life like just <laughs> just, just move on <laughs> No, it's 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 a an overwhelming undertaking to confirm, you know, theories cuz once once we have like confirmation then you can you can move on to to like more more theories and more hypotheticals of of how things went down so you can come up with more testing and more, you know, so this just works on that kind of like progression, right? You know, so now that we have confirmation, we can extrapolate all kinds of data in, in, in hypotheticals of, of the creation of Earth or what we could do with asteroids. And, you know, the, you give, you give these eggheads a couple like, you know, fact nuggets like this and they're just going to go off and running with it. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm I'm fascinated by these people who can put together this level of science, have these long vision plans, uh, and then like 
I can't imagine how satisfied they are at the end of like a six year endeavor to recover these things and then know that like it all fucking worked. Like <laughs> somehow it all worked out perfectly. Uh, it, it's, it's a fascinating marvels of science that I think most people just don't understand all that goes into these things. Oh yeah, there's there's a whole room full of really proud Japanese men right now, and if you don't care, they're going to (laughs) cry. It's their life's work, you know, fuck. (laughs) All right, well, that's a week. That's a week in news, nerd news, and uh, as always, if you're listening on Spotify or whatever, just give it a a rating. Get get that rating. Hit some stars. Get it to me. Other than that, we'll see you over in the cantina.com forward slash community over there in the group. Let's have some conversations. Drop us a, a scribble of uh, what, what's his name? Johnny Coldnuts. Yeah, Johnny Coldnuts. <laughs> drop, us a, drop us a sketch of, uh, of Johnny Coldnuts over there, and uh, and then we'll we'll review them and uh, and talk to you again next week, nerds. For sure. See you guys.